if you get caught with a layover, but, like, your layover's on Tuesday night, and you're just stuck in, like, Brussels until Thursday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go explore Brussels for a little bit. Welcome to Preview Review, the podcast where we talk about what it would be like if there was no airplanes. But only on Wednesdays. For one day of the week. Is how we're starting the episode? Yeah, listeners, let us know what you think it would be like if... Like, you know, similar to how Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sundays. Or how there's no mail on Sundays. Yeah, what if no airplanes were able to fly on Wednesdays? This conversation brought to you by... Delta Airlines. (laughs) Tyler asking us to uh, not record um, when there's, you know, airplanes flying overhead. Yeah, Tyler decided to move next to the airport, so now there's lots of airplane noises. If you heard airplane noises in the background of our last episode, I apologize, but... One, we I even can't afford on a Wednesday a to try to avoid the airplanes. <laughs> For one, we can't afford a studio that like has professional soundproofing. Two, I don't have enough money to buy even rudimentary soundproofing devices for this house. And three, well, I I'm mean, not I'm not good enough audio engineer to edit out the sounds of the airplanes. So you're kind of and stuck we don't with have it. An, an official editor like uh, not a, you are our official editor, yes. but we don't have like a professional official editor exactly. We have amateur Tyler, who Me. does his best, and we love him for it. <laughs> anyway, this is preview review. This is the review. breakdown of the preview review rolls. Tyler edits and publishes the episode, and Ryan makes the Instagram art. I now love you it. you know that's our entire behind-the-scenes team. Sometimes I tweet, but most of the times I forget to tweet. I tweet! That's been Seth Rogen's Twitter bio for like the longest time. Really? It's wow. Just, all caps, I dot 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 tweet. Wow. Mark. Well... I mean, speaking of Seth Rogen, have you heard the news? What news? Seth Rogen will be playing Donkey Kong in the new Mario oh, movie. that's right. Are you excited for Mario, the animated I'm so movie? Excited. Wait, we need to back up several steps. <laughs> this is Preview Review, the movie trailer podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already know that because I don't think we're really garnering any new followers at this hey, point. If but you're who a knows? new follower and you got money, Welcome. sponsor us so we can get a soundproof room. Well, hang on a second there. You don't have to be so upfront with the money part. We hope you stick around and enjoy this episode. And then at the end of this episode, maybe you'll be convinced to, you know, swing us a few bucks and we can sponsor you. If you're not a company, you're just a person, you could still like Venmo us $5 and we can just like shout you out on the podcast. We would say you're an official sponsor. For as long as you continue to donate any every amount week. of money, five cents, you're an official sponsor. It's true, but the five cents has to come in every week. We need the money to hey, keep rolling Ryan, in. Hey, Ryan, let me get my foot in the door here for a second. <laughs> Jeez, he just keeps stepping it up. I'm trying to make the sale. Um, I'm trying to make the profits. <laughs> anyways, on this episode, we talk about the trailers that have been released for upcoming films that we're excited about, or sometimes maybe not so much. I would say today. I'm pretty excited for every film we have on the docket. Whoa, spoilers for our final question. I'm not deciding a winner. I'm just saying in general, my my valence of emotion is generally positive towards most of these films. Mm, Agreed. And those are Halloween Kills, Venom Let There Be Carnage, Lamb, and The Last Duel. So we're going to get into talking about the the trailer for those movies uh, very shortly. But first... We need to pass it over to Ryan for our recurring segment where Ryan talks about movies we previously preview reviewed and what uh, the movies he's seen and what he thought about them. It's time for Ryan's review roundup. Okay, so I thought about it a lot and I think we really do need a theme song for Ryan's review roundup. So if anyone out there, now I'm commissioning a theme song. 
please send them in. We'll choose the best submission and we'll splice it in right here. And if there's nothing spliced in right here, it means no one sent us in a song between us recording it and us releasing they the were, episode. They haven't been able to listen to the episode yet, right? I want them to know what my desires are before I even say them, Tyler. Well, I have a call on Twitter or Instagram. Oh, perfect. I am the social media expert here. <laughs> so I was thinking something like, da-da-da, Ryan's Review Roundup. Da, da, da. And then you add like music, you know how it works. You know, I'm trying music. to go with the Western theme. Like, do you want it to be like a country style? It's up to you. I mean, if anyone submits any sound bite, we'll probably use it. What if it's just like two notes? Ding, ding. This is Ryan's the, review. It's just the ding, intro to Kanye West's ding, Runaway, but ding, it just says Ryan's review roundup at the end. Honestly, I'd love it. So, Kanye, if you're listening, send us in a remix. Of Runaway. It doesn't have to be the whole, like, six-minute song. It can be literally 12 seconds long. And, uh... I didn't have six. Yeah. And then, Kanye, you could be an official sponsor of Preview Review, because we're not going to wow. pay you for that. Who it's knows? the other way around. Who You're knows? supporting us. We what are... What will do? We are the baby face. You are the heel. Wrestling terms. Okay. Review Roundup. I've seen almost all the movies we talked about last week. Except I didn't see Dear Evan Hansen. Yet. I'll let you know how that goes when that happens. But first I saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which was cool because I was able to see it with Tyler. We watched it in his apartment. He got a screener uh, from like TIFF or something. That's right, because I'm a... Because we're film film insiders here. We're influencers. I'm on a list where like randomly I'll get emails and says, do you want to see an advanced screening of this movie for free? And I say, yes, please. And then I came over and I ate some uh, Jack in the Box and watched it on Tyler's TV. And it was a lot of fun. Well, fun night. It wasn't a... It's not like a fun movie. It's a good movie. And I think it's enjoyable. But I don't think I'd use the word fun to describe it. Um, But the performances are really strong, and I think that's where this movie shines. Um, Both Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield give amazing performances uh, portraying these greedy and sometimes ignorant um, evangelists. And next I saw Blue Bayou, which might have been the hardest I've cried at a movie in a long time. So if you're in the mood for a good cry, it's a good film to seek out. it's not playing in a lot of theaters, so if it is in your area, I suggest checking it out. Um, the, like, it tugs at your heart, and you know it's tugging at your heart. You can see it happening, but it works. So I'm giving it a pass for obvious, like, call to emotion. Um, and I think it has a really good message. And of, of course I've seen Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. One of the, honestly, probably the biggest movie of last summer. Surprise, just at the end. Um, I thought it was amazing. The fight choreography really shines here. Uh, Simu Liu is a great action star. Everything you've heard, like you've heard people talk about this movie. You know it's great. Go see it if you haven't already. Yep. And Tyler, uh, you've seen two of those movies. Yeah, I saw, we, we must have watched Timmy Faye. I also saw Shang-Chi. They're both excellent films. They both do very different things, but they're both excellent films. Um, particularly, I would say the performances of both of these films really shine. Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain are phenomenal. I thought I think Jessica Chastain, like, if she doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for this role, it's a crime. Like, she did a phenomenal job transforming into uh, Timmy Faye Baker for this role. Um, and Simu Liu and Tony Leung especially shine in Shang-Chi. Um, their dynamic as the, like, estranged father and son, like, 
hero villain arc is like very very interesting and intriguing and it's brought to the screen very well by their performances um but also the marvel spectacle on screen uh, of shang chi is pretty awesome and they get on some like next level like kaiju shit in the third act that's pretty great so yeah shang chi feels like a return to like new marvel stuff even though like we've had the tv shows and we've had black widow this feels like marvel's back and they're doing new shit like, and I'm here for it. Yeah. But I love that they also, like, the Marvel lore, or the Marvel formula met Shang-Chi in, like, where it was at in terms of, like, Asian lore and Asian representation. It didn't just, like, cast Asian people and put them into a stereotypical Marvel movie. It, like, paid honor to their traditions and their legends with, like, the mythical creatures that you see on screen and, like, weaving in something that felt related to the traditions of the Chinese culture that they're depicting on screen, but like bringing that Marvel life into it as well. Well, yeah, like uh, this Marvel film is probably the first to prominently feature the technique wire foo, which like is where they're doing Kung Fu, but they're like flying on wires, like which you've seen in a lot of like Kung Fu movies and like in the matrix and in crouching tiger, hidden dragon, which are probably the biggest American films you've seen it in. But uh, that's not, like, the Marvel fight style that you usually no. see. yeah. So they're, like, diverging from that, but it still fits in, like... It still feels like a Marvel film while also having its own identity, which yeah. is really cool. And I was also pleasantly surprised that they actually, like... The characters speak Chinese quite frequently in this movie, and there's, like, a lot of use of subtitles in this film, which I, like, appreciate because it's so easy for, I think, Americanized, like, stories that, you know, take place in other countries or, you know, the characters have different ethnicities... But they're being marketed towards American audiences. So often it's like, oh, they'll just always speak English, but with whatever accent of the country they're from. Mm -hmm. And I like that Shang-Chi committed to having the characters speak their native language, or at least a language that, I don't know if it's the actor's native languages, but the language that the characters would speak based on where they're located. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciated that. Like, almost the whole intro is, like, entirely subtitled, which is, like, cool. So it feels like it's being, it's, like, authentically representing Chinese culture. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It was a fun movie. I agree. All right, Ryan. Now we've taken several steps back and several steps forward, and maybe a couple to the side. At yes, yeah, several to the side as <laughs> as per usual. Um, we can meet where you were at previously when you were talking about Seth Rogen. Oh, Donkey Kong! And the news of the new animated Mario movie that's mm -hmm. coming out. The cast was recently announced, and it's all over social media yeah people are low-key roasting this movie for its casting choices honestly i think it's a great like the cast list is honestly i think incredible and i think the casting director deserves a high five it's a good cast list it's like a good cast list but also i think it falls in the trap of like so many movies where it's like let's just cast the biggest names and spend so much money casting people that like like could anya taylor joy voice princess peach sure but is she like the only person, or, like, is she bringing anything definitive to voicing that role? Not really. So well, like, we don't why, know yet. Why pay the money to get her? See, I feel like so many people are judging this movie based on just names alone, and we haven't even seen a trailer. We don't know what voices these people are going to bring to the characters. That's true. I think Anya Taylor-Joy, honestly, she looks like she could do some pretty good voice acting. Have you seen if the If they don't make use of Anya Taylor-Joy, the fact that she can speak fluent Spanish because she's, like, from Argentina... From, yeah. uh, It'll be wasted. Like, I want Princess Peach to, like, have a moment where she just, like, goes off and starts speaking in Spanish. Like, you know how they did it, the gag with, like, Buzz Lightyear in Toy oh, Story? Oh, okay. Was it Toy Story 1 or Toy, Toy Story, Story 2? 3. 
2023 where yeah, like he gets set Spanish. to a different mode. I think they should do something like that with Princess Peach, but it's still Anya Taylor-Joy voicing the character. Interesting. I don't know why Princess Peach would ever need to speak Spanish. Honestly, Princess Peach is a pretty minuscule role in all of the Mario games and lore. And that's actually something I'm looking forward to, is having more, like, storyline mm-hmm. from the characters like Princess Peach that we don't get to see a yeah. lot of. But anyway, if you haven't heard, there was a Nintendo Direct a couple days ago, and they announced the cast list for the Mario movie that's being made by Illumination, who are the same people that make Minions and The Secret Life of Pets, but now they're making Mario movies. Um, and there's Chris Pratt as Mario, which is the one most people are roasting. And I, I can see it. He's, like, if you're looking at the cast list, he's kind of the one that sticks out. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. They got Donkey Kong is Seth Rogen. Uh, Bowser is Jack Black. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is I think, Toad. I think Jack Black is a good casting. For and uh, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, who, if you don't know, if you don't have Donkey Kong lore stored in your head, Cranky Kong is Donkey Kong's dad. So Fred Armisen is playing Seth Rogen's dad, which I think is fun. Um, were there any other major casts announcements for that movie? I think, I think those are the ones I saw. Those are the yeah. major ones. But that's leaving... Oh, wait. Charlie Day is Luigi. We oh, forgot. Right, yeah, of yeah. course. Charlie Day is Luigi. Um, that's been memed already, too. Super fun. But our opening question for the day is... There's been a member of Mario's crew that hasn't been announced. The cast hasn't been announced. And who even knows if this character's in the movie... But it would be a shame if he wasn't. I think saving him for the sequel. Uh, but the guy we're talking about is obviously Wario, the anti-Mario. He's stinky, he farts, he likes to eat garlic, and he's greedy. These are the things we know about Wario. Um, and th- we don't know who's going to play him in the movie. So I thought we should discuss who should play him. Tyler, who do you think? Yeah, so uh, informally, this opening question is known as, Oh, what about the Wario? No, <laughs> they missed the Wario's casting. <laughs> um, so, taking into consideration that this is the anti-Mario, I think, and also just like Wario's general appearance and personality. In Wario's the game, a stout little chubby man with a W-shaped mustache and a giant nose that's like pink. Just, I didn't know we have to get a visual description. Just Google Wario images and you're gonna see exactly what i described he's got these curly little green shoes they're super cute the correct answer i believe to what about a wario is danny devito yes this is the I obvious think danny choice. devito should obviously play wario not just based on his uh, likeness to the character <laughs> but also take into consideration he is the anti-mario so chris pratt recently as we know has been like Oh, like, he's, like, the Hollywood leading man conservative. And he's, like, you know, giving money to this church that, like, opposes gay rights and things like this. Danny DeVito, on the other hand, is, like, well-known online, like, far-left activist who, like, lost his Twitter verification by supporting the Nabisco, like, labor strike. So who better to be the anti-Mario than active leftist Danny DeVito? I do not know. Plus, just... Picture Wario and Danny DeVito's voice coming out of him. It's perfection. And then we would also get to see him alongside his It's Always Sunny pal, Charlie Day. I don't know if Wario and Luigi ever interact. Wario and Luigi? They do it like Mario Party when we we choose those characters to play as. Yeah, no. They don't usually interact. 
Luigi usually hangs out in his mansion that's full of ghosts. I'm and I'm a, I'm a frequent visitor of Luigi's Mansion. You play Luigi's Mansion? <laughs> no, but I know about it. I've never played it. It looks fun. Um, and Wario, he has a set of games where he just runs around trying to get as much money as he can in the Wario Land games. Or he's playing micro mini games. Oh, oh so Wario should have been played by Elon Musk. <laughs> Wario also goes on a little mini game adventures with his friends in WarioWare. He has his own company. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He is Elon Musk. Honestly, wow. not a bad choice. I said it at first. Wow. I also think I I my first thought was Danny DeVito as well, but I knew I had to have a backup choice because it was the obvious perfect choice, and I knew Tyler was going to say it. So my uh, backup choice is Ian McShane. I think he's a good... He was uh, in Hot Rod. He's the dad that he has to fight. And he's in Pirates of the Caribbean 4 as Blackbeard. If you Googled this guy, you'd know who so he is. So listeners vote. Who's going to be a better Wario? Dan DeVito or this other actor that I've never heard Ian of Ian McShane would make a good Wario. He's got menace to him, but he's also got humor. This is such an um, interesting, like, specific choice. I don't know. He just came to me and... I think it's a Who great Who the fuck choice. is this dude? You don't know him? No, like, I know him, but, like, why did he <laughs> pop into your brain? I think because they both have mustaches. Um, This dude is a 100% mustacheless. In I've that photo, he a has a mustache. Sometimes. But anyway, I think... I literally can't see a single photo of him with a mustache. He has a beard. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is this what you're looking at? This dude looks like Ron yes. fucking Jeremy. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> Ian McShane has this Wait, he was deep... in Game of Thrones? I think so. He has this deep voice that, like, could compliment a stout character like Wario. And I think if we gave him a shot, he could make it happen. He can work with it. I think he has the professionalism and the gravitas to bring to, like, to bring respect to a character like Wario. Because that's what he deserves. Wario does reserve, deserve respect. Reserve despect. Deserve despect. He's despicable. I swear, I've only been drinking sparkling water. Mm, that grapefruit Kirkland sparkling water is really getting to you. It's hitting me hard, dude. Alright, Ryan, let's jump into talking about the first trailer on the docket for today. Okay. What do you think? I'm, 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 yes, let's go. Okay. Uh, the first trailer we're talking about today is Halloween Kills. Ah! Comes out October 15th, directed by David Gordon Green, who directed Halloween, the 2018 one, as well as other movies like Pineapple Express. So, interesting guy, but I really liked the 2018 one, so I trust him. Uh, this movie stars, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matichak are all coming back from the 2018 uh, film, as well as the return from the John Carpenter original, Anthony Michael Hall and Kyle Richards. They were uh, oh. the kids that uh, little Jamie Lee was uh, babysitting in oh, the original movie. The ones watching and they're coming the back thing. all grown up. They watched the thing. They uh, they carried the pumpkin home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um. the final trailer of Halloween just like opens with like a legit like thirty second scene of just Kyle Richards. So they're getting their money's worth. She's a star. She's coming back. Star of the screen. You Dude. loved her on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now you'll love her in Halloween Kills. So this trailer, uh, from the trailer, it looks like this movie takes uh, takes place immediately following the events of Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. which, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that one, ends with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and the character... And her family. You know, her daughter, played and by Judy Greer, and her granddaughter, played by Andy Matichak. 
uh, luring uh, Michael Myers to their Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, home in the woods, trapping him in a cellar and setting the entire fucking house on fire, which was so badass. I fucking love that scene. <laughs> um, Judy Greer's so, like performance is so great in that. All of them are fantastic. Um, but and- it looks like in this one, somehow Michael Myers survives the fire. He makes it out of the cellar and. And kills all the firefighters trying to put out the fire, and now he's... They were just trying to save him! ...on the track for revenge. Did those firefighters deserve to die? He was just trying... They were just trying to save Michael. I mean, yes, but also, it's like... Mike, Michael Myers has never cared about anyone that's on his team. Like, he would kill anybody. So there's no you know Michael I mean? Myers team I don't think there's any, like... Even, like, ever... you know how in the first one, like, the therapist, it turned out, like... He wanted to like oh in twenty eighteen yeah he like wanted uh-huh. to be on Michael's team yeah and he ended up like killing the one dude uh-huh. to like try and rescue him. I think even if Mike like if Michael Myers was conscious in that scene, he would still kill the therapist. Like he doesn't care. Mm. He's just like a killing machine. Like, okay. He just wants to wipe out everybody in his way. That's my interpretation. And, of well, it. this movie seems to lean more into like the mythology of Michael Myers. Like he can't be killed by fire because they say like uh, he's like pure evil. A man couldn't survive that yeah. fire. And, like, part of the lore that's explored, or, like, mentioned in the trailer is, like, with every life he takes, he gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, more and more evil Which is... makes him stronger, and it, like, makes him more unable to be killed mm-hmm. by, like, what would normally kill an average man. Which is foreboding, because Halloween Kills apparently has the highest kill count of, like, any Halloween movie. Like, oh, apparently wow, this dude really? is slaughtering everybody in this film, so I'm very excited for that. And we know this isn't the end of Michael's story because they've already announced the sequel, Halloween Ends. Which comes out in one year. So we're getting, like, we got Halloween in 2018, and we're getting kills and ends in 21, 22. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, we're going to be able to see the resolution pretty quickly, which I'm yes. very excited for. But I'm concerned because, I don't know, I, as someone who's only seen the original movie and the 2018 movie, I've heard a lot about the other sequels that these this new franchise is, like, choosing to forget and I've heard that, like, there's a story where, like, Michael survives a fire. And there's a story where Michael is, like, pure evil and has magic powers from druids. And it seems like this 2018 reboot was trying to get away from that. But now it seems like Halloween Kills is like, no, let's talk about how he's magic and how he can survive fires. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're leading directly into, like, him being magic. But I think in order for Michael Myers to be threatening, like... There needs to be, I mean, just like there isn't any action movie or horror movie, like a bit of a suspension of disbelief where like, what's going to kill the average human? Like the average human could die fucking slipping in a puddle and hitting their head in the concrete. That's not going to kill Michael Myers. Like it takes going above and beyond. And I do like, people do survive house fires. Like I think given the right timing and maybe the structure of whatever, like it's potential that Michael escapes that cellar. But also like. I think it's almost impossible that any human, like, kills the number of people Michael does. Like, that's physically exhausting work, what he does. Like, that's jumping on top of fucking cars and ripping people out of <laughs> car windows. And, like, all this shit he does is physically exhausting. Like, I'd be winded after one Michael Myers kill. Yeah, and wait. <laughs> how long... How old is Michael Myers now? Because he was, what, maybe 18 at the youngest in the original Halloween, right? Well, yes. Well, I don't know, because... so what, they show we, him as we, a child. Yeah, if we track it from, like, his original kill takes place when he's, like, eight years old or uh-huh. something like that. But then... But how, what year was that? I don't like know how 50s? long the difference... Or the 60s? Like, how... I don't remember how long they say it's been in Halloween since, like, 
he was a child. Let's see. I think he's got to be at least in his, like, 70s, like, in modern day, Michael Myers. Okay, so it says Michael Myers in the original one takes place the he he was in 1963 he was six years old 63 six so that means he and was then 1978 70 in 1978 he's 21 when he escapes smith's grove and goes on the, the original rampage in the initial movie so 1978 which is the year that the movie came out uh-huh. so if we're saying that's contemporary he's 21 and 78 then in 2020 well it would have to be 2018 yeah it would mean that he's aged 40 years since he was 21 at the so time of the original killing. So he'd he's be 61 years old. Yeah, he's an old dude. And he's running around stealing jumpsuits and his favorite mask. Yeah. But he's just like... And the thing is, he never like runs, though. Like He just stalks and lumbers. He's very menacing. That's I love true, that though. about Michael. Think about that. That's the only way you can beat Michael. It's just like go at a slow you jog. you just keep running. You can like yeah. keep a But nice somehow he'll piece. always... He has a... The power of surprising you. And they, I love what they've done already in the trailer teasing like some of those classic micro reveals uh-huh. where like you close the medicine cabinet and he's back. Like I know it feels like an old <laughs> horror movie trope now, but like that is Michael Myers. Yeah. It's like him it's just, just so appearing funny, behind you. Like thinking about it like in real life, like, like I'm going to kill these people, but first I'm going to hide behind this closet door until someone just Dude, shows Michael's up. Michael's a fucking troll. Remember the first movie? He fucking puts the sheet on and the glasses after he kills the boyfriend. <laughs> and he walks downstairs trying to like trick her into thinking she, he's the boyfriend. Dude. It, he doesn't really do anything with it. He's just, he's a troll. But yeah, I'm super stoked. The other cool part of this trailer is like, obviously they lay the groundwork of like the, the plot of the movie, which is like, if you map his killings, he's like leading all the way to his childhood home. And it's mm-hmm. like the doctors then tell... Jamie Lee Curtis and her daughter and granddaughter that like oh Michael survived the fires and then they leave the hospital where they're being treated to like we have to hunt him down and kill him once and for all we gotta meet him at the childhood home blah 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 but then there's another cool shot where like they're showing like the whole town of Haddonfield mm-hmm. being like he dies tonight so it's like almost this whole like like town like crazy mob yeah. where they're like all on the same page to like be on the lookout and try and hunt down and kill Michael Myers which I think is like a fun, like, I don't think they've really ever done that before. It's always been, like, a, a, t- a small group that's, like, being victimized and, like, mm-hmm. on the lookout. Well, everyone else is just, like, a passerby that, like, happens to get killed. But they've never all, like, I don't think they've done this, like, broadcast. Like, mm-hmm. this is Halloween, the events of Halloween in the era of, like, next door where, like, you would post on social <laughs> media that, like, be on the lookout for crazy white mask serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also that, like, ties into the plot because Michael's not just coming back for Laurie. He's coming back for everyone he didn't kill in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this is more than just that one family I can ignore. Yeah. Like, they're coming from my grandpa. We gotta go get yeah, this guy. totally. Like, it's a more personal stakes for each person in yeah. this town. Yeah. And, and it Jamie, almost reminded me of how, like, in real life, how the serial killer, the Night Stalker, was, like, apprehended. Was, like, he was in a neighborhood. I want to say it's in, like, East L.A. somewhere. And, like, was recognized by, like, someone reading a newspaper with his picture in it. And the entire, like, neighborhood just chased him down and tagged him. It was, like, beating him to a pulp by the time the cops came and, like, arrested him. Wow. So, I'm, like, I kind of love that they're bringing in that, like, community sticking up for themselves, defending themselves against this, like, uh, intruder um, energy that they're bringing to the, uh, to this movie. That's crazy. But uh, all the rest of the stuff, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm so excited for this movie. But the cinematography looks... Amazing. I loved what they did with a lot of the camera work in Halloween 2018. I think David Gordon Green, despite like him having a weird filmography at this point, like is a, obviously a talented director and brings some great energy to this genre. 
with David Gordon Green, he brought us classic lines like, I got peanut butter on my penis. Will, <laughs> will there be a peanut butter penis moment that's in Halloween the, uh, Kills? That's the, um, <laughs> the Pineapple Express energy coming out there. And the Danny McBride I'm honestly uh, credit. just waiting <laughs> for the next peanut butter penis No, will line. there be another Bon Me scene? That's the big question. Ryan hated the Bon I Me did. scene in the original, uh, or in the 2018 It's true. Movie. But the more I think about it, the more like I'm fine with the Bon Me scene, and the more I love the peanut butter penis scene. Yeah, it's classic, like, horror genre to do, like, a, a random side cut to, like, some humorous conversation before, like, the characters get brutally murdered. It's true. <laughs> Another interesting thing about this movie is uh, Laurie seems really intent about, like, removing Michael's mask. And that's, like, not a thing we've, at least I've seen in the last two movies I've seen is, like, Michael trying to hide his identity and, like, people trying to rip his mask off. Like, it's just part of his body, basically. But in this new movie, it's like, no, we want to, like, take it off and see his, like, face. Yeah, because Laurie's lines is, like, I want to have them take the mask off and see the light leave his eyes. Like... Which is, I mean, obviously Michael made a point in 2018, in the 2018 movie, of getting his mask back. It gives him some sort of feeling of power mm-hmm. and, like, emboldens him to do what, like, the killing that he does. Um, and so I think that's, like, a display of power that Laurie would want to have over Michael by, like, removing his mask when he try- uh, she tries to kill him. So yeah. I'm hedging my bets to see which of the uh, Strode family will die in this film. Will it we looks lose like Jamie Lee. Will we lose uh, Judy Greer? Could it be Annie Matichuk? Does the teenage daughter, granddaughter, uh, die no, in this one? It I... looks like Judy Greer has more to do in this movie, which I'm excited for. Well, but that th- makes me think that like Jamie Lee, like this is her last film, and they're prepping and the Judy next one to be take Judy over. Be the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they did a great job with like starting that arc with Halloween 2018, where Judy Greer for most of the movie was the like mother that was like trying to keep her daughter away from the crazy grandma and like trying to debunk her theories and, you know, acknowledge that she has trauma, but not invite her into the life and not certainly not try and have her daughter become like a serial killer hunter, like her grandma. Exactly. But then the closing scene of the movie, Judy Greer ends up having to use the training, like being raised by Lori, uh, to do what she needs to do to fucking take down Michael Myers. Um, and so I love that she's like, we're going to see more of that energy from her in this film as well. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, I mean, I understand that not everybody's a horror fan, but I think Halloween 2018 is a great watch um, if you're at all interested in the genre, and I definitely will be in the theaters to see Halloween Kills when it comes out. Yeah. No, it looks like fun. Um, If that's your thing, you've probably already seen the old one, and you're probably excited for this new one, so, you know, you, if it's for you, you know it's for you. Yeah, and it's definitely for me. And uh, next, a movie for me, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. This movie comes out on October 1st, really soon. Um, It stars Andy, or no, it's directed by Andy Serkis. Uh, His third feature film, uh, usually he's in front of the camera or in a mocap suit, but now he's behind the camera just like he was in Breathe or Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Uh, This film stars Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, Reed Scott, and Woody Harrelson. And it's the sequel to another 2018 film, Venom. Wow. Uh, Venom, obviously, is a Spider-Man the villain. Eminem song. Well, yes. The Eminem song Inspired written. Inspired the Spider-Man. No, 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 no. The other way around. They got Eminem to write the theme song for Venom, which just plays in the credits. And it's a dumb song. Um, but Venom is a Spider-Man villain 
who in these movies is not associated with Spider-Man at all because he legally cannot be. <laughs> um, so uh, this is the sequel to the 2018 film in which Tom Hardy fuses with an alien symbiote to become a superhero. And now Tom Hardy is out with his Venom buddy and they're doing their thing. They encounter Woody Harrelson, who's like a Hannibal Lecter-like character who's in this giant prison and he bites Tom Hardy and he gets like a taste of his blood, but it kind of like changes Woody Harrelson's DNA. And now he's also a symbiote called Carnage, who in the comics is another symbiote who's just uh, like Venom, but like just wants to kill everybody. So now Venom has to fight Carnage and that's where we get the title Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And of course, uh, Michelle Williams comes back. Uh, as she was the love interest in the last one, she's getting married to her boyfriend and Venom's not happy about that. Tom Hardy or Eddie Brock is trying to let go, but Venom is like, we got to get her back. And they're trying to bring that buddy cop energy or not buddy cop, but like buddy dynamic back, uh, that they had in the first film, which I hope that's like more of the plot line. Like I want them to focus more on Venom being upset that Michelle Williams character is engaged to another man than like. Like, the Carnage Geo Killer uh-huh. videos and stuff is just, like, a side plot. Well, in China, the marketing of the first Venom, like, was completely different than the marketing in the United States. The marketing in China was Venom is the best boyfriend you'll ever have. And it had, like, uh, Venom turning into an umbrella to cover you from the rain. Or, like, yeah. Venom turning into a cuddly blanket for you. And, like, leaning into, like, the comedy aspects of the first Venom film. And the thing about these movies is, like... It's like if the 90s superhero film, like if the tone of those movies still existed in modern day superhero films, you'd get Venom. So if you're a fan of 90s like superhero films and what they were doing back then and not taking themselves too seriously and just having a good time, then I think you're going to have a great time with these movies. But if you're really into like the newer superhero stuff where everything is serious and grounded and everything has to be explained and have a reason for happening, then maybe you're not going to be so into the, like, I don't know, quirky style mm-hmm. that is Venom. But Campy. Yeah, yeah. kind of campy. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Um, what do you think, Tyler? I know you haven't seen the first I Venom. I haven't seen the Venom. It's interesting. I didn't know it was, like, this whole vibe of, like, Venom's, like, another personality within Tom Hardy, and, like, they have an interplay or, like, an internal monologue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's reminiscent of movies like Upgrade or whatever. Or like, yeah. these other type, any type of movie where there's, like, an artificial intelligence or something that's, like, inside of somebody, but they have to, like, interact. It's not just, like, I'm this or I'm that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's an interesting dynamic. Um, does Tom Hardy do Eddie Brock and Venom? Yes. Or is there a different... No, he voices Venom. And in this film, Tom Hardy actually has either a screenwriting or a story by credit. He like worked on the script of this film as well, so he has mm, more input. Interesting. And I think in the last Did he also film, do Carnage for this movie, or does Woody Harrelson do I Carnage? don't know if Carnage has like another inner monologue like Venom does. You think he might just be like, um, just like CGI? Yeah. And then like, just like Woody Harrelson's voice, like kind of computer altered, you know, not like he has to play off himself. Yeah. Interesting. You know? Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. I do see, like, they're definitely doing, like, kind of a Silence of the Lambs-esque where, like, Mm -hmm. for some reason, the serial killer asks specifically to see uh, Eddie Brock uh, to bite him 
does he know that he's gonna become Carnage when he bites him, or is it like an accident thing and it just happens? So. I don't know. Eddie Brock isn't known to be Venom. Like people don't know that they're oh, the same person. Interesting. Um, and it just looked like Woody Harrelson is a cannibal and he wanted to eat him, <laughs> like something like that. And something. then it's like a. But nothing scarier than like a fucking already psychopathic serial killer with superpowers now having superpowers. So I think yeah. that's an interesting angle and in like the scene that shows him like terrorizing the prison and taking out all the guards and like they're trying to shoot him, but Carnage is just like morphing around the bullets and shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a pretty dope <laughs> scene it looks in the trailer. Cool. So um, yeah. I don't know. It could be cool. I I'm I think I might be interested in checking this one out. And this might be a case where like if I like the sequel, I'll go back and watch the original. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like. The, it looks like that the, I don't think it looks like the original is like required viewing to see this one no I don't think so either uh, if the trailer looks fun to you and you haven't seen the first one I say just go into it and know that like Tom Hardy plays a guy who has a evil black alien, alien in him yeah. and he has to fight Woody Harrelson who has the red alien yeah. in him Yeah, that's all the premise Pretty you much. need yeah, yeah. but uh, if you are a fan of this you could go back and check out the 2018 film it's weird because these films exist in their own pocket universe where sony wants to say yeah they're connected to the tom holland spider-man movies but marvel doesn't want to say that Mm -hmm. but there's nothing in venom that contradicts anything in the mcu and there's nothing in mcu that contradicts anything that happens in venom so they could connect Mm -hmm. but i don't think they are i think it's easy enough to just watch these movies as if they're like just their own thing exactly like not everything has to tie into everything else exactly um we're but, just programmed that way by our current, you know, popular love for, like, interlocking franchises and exactly. installments. Well, who doesn't love a crossover episode? <laughs> you know? They should just do a Venom crossover with, like, some other franchise that's, like, totally out of nowhere. Ooh, Venom crossover. Like, all of a sudden, like, the kids from the Sandlot show up in, <laughs> in Venom. And they see Venom and they go, whoa, that's a lot of dip. We're going to go on the Ferris wheel with that guy. <laughs> The classic scene where they get like sick off of it, like doesn't even work out because like Sandlot's like a period piece that like doesn't <laughs> take place in modern day. It's the Sandlot kids, but they're all grown up. <laughs> Whoa! And they all live in San Francisco with Venom, yes. having a great time. Imagine. Venom and the kids—that's the third movie. Venom three, you're killing me, Venom. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> but it's Venom this time. Great, I love it. That's what it's called. You're killing me, Smalls, but it's Venom. This <laughs> time. It's Venom this time. One ticket to you're killing me, Smalls, but it's Venom this time. It could time. happen. It's... I have no idea. I haven't, Again, I haven't seen the original, so I have no idea what the possibilities yeah, are. The tone universe. of this movie should be lighthearted and fun, but then sometimes the tone goes, like, dark, and it feels like it wants to be an R-rated film. So I, at least that was how Venom 1 was. So I hope Venom 2 finds its footing a little better. So I feel like they want, they're trying to be, like, the Sony, like, Deadpool a little bit, where they're um, like, let's do some, like adult humor and also no it's not really adult humor gnarly action it's more like the gnarly action like it feels like they want to go like bloodier but they can't because they have a pg-13 rating yeah yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and critics were kind of split on the first venom i think it's a fun enjoyable movie but i don't think it's like high art or anything like that but i think if you liked the first venom you're probably gonna like the second venom based on the trailer so I guess jury's still out for me. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, Tyler, I know you haven't seen the first Venom. Mm, Yes. But it's time for a quiz. What? A Venom quiz. I'm completely unprepared. Is this a quiz about like 
Venomous Snakes? No, this is a quiz about the 2018 film Venom. I haven't seen it yet. Well, too bad. Get your pencils out. <laughs> oh, no. Test time starts now. So this will be a multiple choice quiz. So don't worry. Okay, so this is the equivalent of me going into a pop quiz without having done the reading the night before. And you're just going to ask me questions about a movie that I haven't seen yet. I'm going to quiz and test your knowledge of the the 2018 cinematic masterpiece. That I haven't seen. That is Venom. Okay. I'm hoping I can at least infer some of these based on what I know about the sequel from the trailer. <laughs> what, I don't even remember the trailer to the original one that well. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? Sure. It not sounds, really. It sounds obviously. like you're ready. Let's go. I'm not prepared at all. <laughs> Question one. What is the name of the evil symbiote in Venom 1? Is it... There's an evil symbiote in Venom 1 too? They're yeah. using the same They're kind of doing device? the same thing and it is kind of upsetting. But people like Carnage, so we're letting it happen. Um, okay, but... it's multiple choice you said. Yes. Uh, so he's got to have another like name. Here like we go. Venom, Carnage. Mm-hmm. Here are your choices. There's A, anti-venom. B, toxin. C, riot. Or D, mania. Ooh, these are some good answers. They all sound like they could be it, but also not. You also have to remember that venom is a creation of 90s comic book artists and writers yeah and they thought and like remember how edgy like the 90s were and how it was cool to be edgy so like that's where these names come yeah. from yeah i think if if the comics were older i could definitely see them going with something like anti-venom but i don't think that's like that's a product of like the 90s edginess mm-hmm. i think i'm gonna go with riot it is Riot. Yes. Riz Ahmed is infected with the, like... Riz Ahmed's in the first He's the movie? villain. He oh like, plays gosh. like an Elon Musk type. Wow. And he is a Riot, who is wow. like kind of Venom's... Like they knew each other in space. And Riot is... <laughs> yeah, because they're from space. They're aliens. Right, they're aliens. Yeah. That's just so funny that it's like doing the fucking like Paul Ragnarok. I know him from work. <laughs> well, like they were like Riot was like... A bully to Venom or something. That's how what they're going with. That's so funny. And that's how Eddie and Venom bond initially. Is they go, oh, we're both losers, so we can be friends. That's so fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next question. Question two. I feel good about it. This is yeah. Now I'm like I got the first question right. Okay. So question two. There are uh, there's one post credit scene in this film. And there's one mid credit scene. The mid credit scene has Woody Harrelson with a horrible wig and it's setting up Venom Let There Be Carnage. Okay. But the post credit scene is just straight up a scene from another Sony Spider-Man movie. Which Spider-Man movie is it a scene from? Is it Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Morbius, or Venom Let There Be Carnage? Um, I think it's gotta be Morbius. Sorry, but the correct answer is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's from Spider-Verse? Yeah, the end They of... go animated? Yeah, the movie just ends. Like, the credits finish rolling and it says, Meanwhile, in an alternate dimension. And it just plays the scene where, like, Miles is at Peter's grave and then he has to, like, run across with the subway while he's attached to something. Remember that scene? Uh-huh. It's that whole scene. They just play that scene. What the fuck? Like... Venom came out in October, and I think Spider Verse came out in like 
the end of November. So it was just... Oh, it was setting up. It was just basically an ad. Timing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It was just an ad for the next Spider-Man I was thinking movie. they were going to be... Mm-hmm. Like previewing Morbius. Yeah. Okay. That's what you think. But no, they're just going to show a random movie for another Sony. That makes no sense. Right. Okay. All right. I was hoping it was like fucking Spider-Man 3. Like <laughs> the Sam Raimi one. Wow. Imagine. It's a team from Spider-Man 4, dancing. actually. The unreleased Spider-Man oh my gosh. 4. We just see it in the end of Venom. <laughs> okay. Question three. In the middle of this movie, Eddie Brock eats an animal raw. What animal does he eat raw? Is it A, chicken, B, lobster, C, salmon, or D, lamb? I'm not going to know this at all. Um, he eats the animal raw. Can I ask a clarifying question? Is it okay. the animal meat or is it like the whole animal from like live form? It was still living before he bit into it. Okay, so would he find a chicken? Would he find a lobster? Would you find a salmon? In San Francisco, I don't think he's going to find a chicken or a salmon. I think I could see them doing a scene at like a restaurant with like a lobster tank and he reaches in and grabs a lobster and eats it. Well, I'm going to go lobster. You're correct. That's almost the exact scene. But instead of just reaching in and grabbing the lobster and taking a bite, he like jumps in, he jumps the, in the lobster tank, sits down and grabs the lobster and starts eating in the form of Venom or in no, the No, in, in Tom Hardy. Why? Because Venom is like, it's like his first like couple days with Venom and his body's still adjusting. And he's like having these crazy sweats and crazy hunger cravings and he's kind of going insane. So he like goes and he finds Michelle Williams and she's having like this fancy dinner. With her boyfriend. With her boyfriend, yes. And he goes to her for help. But then he gets to, he sees the lobster tank and he wow. just has to get I in. I can write this movie. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, question four. What is Eddie Brock's job? Let me back up a second. In my version of the movie, yes. it's like a comedic punchline to a scene where, like, for whatever reason, he's at the fancy restaurant and he's, like, denied a table or, like, for whatever. Or he has a cat, is forced to leave or whatever. And as he's walking out the door, he, like, reaches his arm in the tank and grabs lobster and bites into it. And he's like, I'm taking this to go or something like that. <laughs> that's my pitch for that scene. Wow. That's not what I happens. know the scene already exists, but <laughs> I'm just saying in an alternate universe, that's how the scene goes okay. when I read the movie. Okay. Okay, question four. Let's question do it. four. What is Eddie Brock's job? Is it... Oh, he's a journalist. Right? He is. He's an investigative journalist. I knew that do one. Do you know what his job in the comics is? Because it's not that. He's a pizza delivery driver. I don't know. No. He's a photographer. He's Peter Parker's oh, rival at the Daily Planet or the sense. Daily Bugle, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. The Daily Planet. The Daily... Meanwhile, in <laughs> the universe. <laughs> the Daily Bugle this time. But yeah. Um, and that's what his job is in Spider-Man 3, the Topher Grace version. That's right, that's right, that's right. But yeah, look at that. You didn't even need a multiple choice. He's an investigative journalist. He's... I remember, I actually didn't know that one because I remember talking about it where we were like, why would anybody look at Tom Hardy and cast him as a journalist like that? Well, it doesn't make he sense. He kind of like has this show that's like Anthony Bourdain parts unknown. With... Oh, so he's kind of like a like gritty... Yeah. But like in Venom 1, he like gets fired from that job. So he like benefits from the like macho like appearance a little mm-hmm. bit more yeah and he's like trying to take down riz ahmed's like elon musk guy and that's why he gets fired because he's like sense. going too far yeah okay okay gotcha. question five what are venom's weaknesses there's two okay okay are they paired up in multiple choice? yes i have or is it two of the above no 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 there's okay, okay, okay. there's four choices each choice has two parts okay okay so there's a fire and high-pitched noises 
B. The cold and acid. C. He can't swim and bugs scare him. <laughs> Couldn't even say it that loud. <laughs> um, and D. Sunlight and electricity. Hmm. I'm going to guess it's not C. He can't swim and bugs scare him. <laughs> but I, I mean, it could be. I. This is hard because I... I thought this one might I might get some help from the context of the sequel trailer, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't see any fire, I didn't see any acid, I didn't see any fucking Was Venom ever in the sunlight? But that is what I was gonna say was he only like I feel like he's always coming out he's always in the dark. I thought maybe it was just a dark trailer, but I think about it, maybe Venom only comes out at night. Is he like vampire? That would be too close to Morbius. I also didn't see any electricity. Uh, why not? I'll go D. Sunlight and electricity. Sunlight electricity. I'm sorry, but the correct answer is you fire. You led me astray. <laughs> it is, I did. Fire and acid? Fire and high pitched oh, noises. High pitched noises. That makes sense. That was my definitely my second guess. If you actually remember, my gut instinct. In the first movie, in the first trailer, even uh, for the first movie, he's in like an MRI machine and freaking out because of the high pitched mm. noises in the MRI machine. I don't remember that at all. I'm surprised we didn't see any like fire in the new trailer that showed that that was like a thing. Yeah. But, Usually, yeah. and even in uh, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man's able to defeat Venom by, like, clanging metal together. <laughs> Interesting. So he's very sensitive hearing. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. That's all right. And time for the final question, I'm doing Tyler. pretty good, though. I have three correct answers. You are doing pretty good. Let's see if you can uh, bump it over 50% with this all last right, question here. Which SNL alum is in Venom 1? Is it A, Jay Farrow? B. Leslie Jones, C. Jenny Slate, or D. Seth Meyers. I'm trying to tell if this is a trick question because I don't think Jenny Slate was on SNL. No, no, all these people were in SNL. Jenny Slate uh, famously got fired from SNL for saying the F word on TV. That's right. I forgot that that happened. Also, weak. <laughs> it was. She would be so good on SNL. I think she was only on for one season, and that's why. Because she, she let one slip, and Lauren was like... That's weak, That's Lauren. not going to happen here at NBC. Um, that's Lauren Michaels' voice. Fine, then the I'll way. go with it. Just because it stood out to me, let's go Jenny Slate. That's correct! No way! Yeah, Jenny Slate's in okay. this movie. Okay, Leslie Jones was a second choice, but... I, I thought Leslie Jones, would make it. Leslie Jones was a good uh, that, distraction. Definitely. I was, that, I was I, like... It's I definitely they would they could have cast her for like literally one reaction shot where she goes like oh shit when she sees Venom like that's it <laughs> that they would have paid her for just that but what is I'm man I'm glad I guessed correctly on that I can't even picture what Jenny Slate would do in that okay. movie Jenny Slate works for Riz on that at his evil company I could see that and like, she like is trying to take him down from the inside insider like yeah mm-hmm. okay. and she like sees all the like bad things he does and she's like no and then yeah. You know, how it goes in those kind of movies. But look at that. You did it. More wow. than 50%. Four out of six on a quiz I didn't even study for. Look Amazing. at that. My, power, my powers are shining through just like they did in high school. Wow. Context clues. I'm all about them. It's a sign. You got to get a master's degree now. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> master's degree in uh, literature because you're great Perfect. at pop <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks, well, total sons. Uh, yeah, well, congratulations, you passed, which Thank means you, so you are much. allowed to see Venom 2. I'm allowed to see Venom 2. I'm also allowed to continue co-hosting this podcast. Yes, otherwise <laughs> I would have just taken the mic and said, this is mine now, but you can still edit it. 
Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Alright, well let's keep this show rolling. Let's jump into trailer three. Uh, we're talking about the trailer for Lamb. Uh, this oh. is an A24... Uh, just is that right, the animal that out. Tom Hardy eats? I know he slipped that in there. I didn't even consider it. <laughs> um, why would there be a fucking lamb in San Francisco? Makes zero sense. If you've ever seen a lamb in San Francisco, please send us a picture. <laughs> I need evidence. <laughs> Uh, Lamb uh, comes out in theaters in the U.S. on October 8th. It's a directorial debut from Valdemar Johansson and stars Numi Rapace, Hilmi Snare Gundensen, Bjorn Jolnir Haraldsson, Ingvar Eggert Sigurdsson. This is terrible, and I feel so sorry to all of those people. Um, but all the stars of this cast are Icelandic because this is an Icelandic film, and you know I did my best, and that's all I can say about that. Um, we'll bring a dialect coach in next week just yeah, so you sure. can redo this. If anybody out there speaks Icelandic, let us know. I hope all our listeners are, are taking notes of like the things that we're asking from them because yes. there's been We're asking a lot today, but we know we you don't can do, do it. anything for this podcast. We just show up and record. Listeners, you support us through everything that you if do. If you want to edit our podcast, let us Hit know. Us <laughs> we won't pay you. Or, pay, or, or post on our social media. Then we won't have to do anything. Yeah, we won't pay you. Honestly, we'll expect you to pay us because we need sponsors, but it'll be a good time. Okay, anyways, let's talk about Lamb. This okay. is a freaky looking movie, and I'm kind of stoked for it because it looks so weird. Um, it looks like Numi Rapace stars um, with one of these other actors. I don't know who they are, so I don't know what they look mm. like. So I don't know which one it is. It might be um, Bjorn. It might be Hilnir. Not Ingvar. 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 I think Ingvar's a girl's name. Well, she could be starring with her. They could raise this lamb on their own. That was a joke. I was kidding. Is Ingvar not? I don't know if it is <laughs> a girl's no or a boy's I name. I have no idea. That's what I was saying. Anyways. I don't, I know. don't know their but gender. I think Numir Pace and another Icelandic actor, actor are like a husband and wife. They live on a sheep farm. Um, a lamb is born and they start caring for this lamb as if it's their child. Mm-hmm. Not just like a a a baby lamb that's growing up into a sheep for them to no, farm. No, they're like, they're like putting clothes it. on it. And, like, swaddling it. Feeding it with a baby bottle. Yes, exactly. Which is, like, a thing I think that you have to do sometimes, but also, like, they're taking it to the next level. And it looks like they have a strained relationship. I'm inferring... A lot of this trailer is visual storytelling. There's not a lot of dialogue in the dialogue that is there is not in English, and it's subtitled, and it's very, like, minimal. It's so, just, like, is that the lamb? Yeah. Yes, that's the like lamb. one scene is them wa- like them walking, holding the lamb, and the sheep. I'm assuming it's the sheep that gave birth to the lamb is following them, and she turns around and yells like "Go away!" So it's like I think it's this pull of like they want to treat it as their child and not le- let it be an animal, but like it's gonna be an animal no matter what they do to it. Interesting. It seems like a nature versus nurture type of story, but it also like um, has a reveal of like a little child with a lamb head. Yeah. So it start like, and I that's what I kind of love about the visual storytelling is it starts to like illustrate that they're seeing this lamb as their child by like having a little toddler waddle waddle around in like a little vest with a fucking lamb head it's kind of cool how they're like Mm. using the visuals to display these elements of the film which is like how these folks are like seeing raising this lamb but i was also saying the visual uh the visuals in the trailer also show that they have like a strained relationship at the beginning numi repaces at a grave site it Mm -hmm. looks like the husband sleeping on the couch um, there seems to be some like dynamic there. My inference, my guess is that 
they have been able unable to conceive a human child and that this lamb is like taking its place and they're treating it and raising it like a human child because they haven't been able to biologically create um, a human child. Yes. That's my inference from the trailer. And then it seems like they're getting like skepticism from their neighbors or Mm -hmm. their friends or whoever about like, why are you treating this thing like a baby? It's just a fucking lamb. And there's also tension from the other lambs. Like there's these crazy scenes of like all the lambs, like huddled in the barn in the winter, like staring across the frozen Icelandic tundra while this little Mm -hmm. lamb is nice and warm inside the farmhouse. A24 figured out with the witch, all you have to do to freak someone out is like film a close up of like a, a farm lamb's animal. eye and Fucking you're done. scary. Yeah, this movie, it, it's super awesome. They use the Beach Boys God Only Knows um, as the soundtrack of the trailer, which is pretty incredible. I wonder if they use that in other markets or it's just for the US because I don't know if it would like hit the same in other mm-hmm. like international film markets. Um, but all of a sudden like twists at the end and everything gets a lot darker and then there's like a sh- great shot of Numi Rapace, like, with a single tear coming down her eye, and she looks, like, terrified. Mm-hmm. So this definitely has, like, some sort of horror, psychological horror or horror or thriller well, twist to it. It's got, it. like... An, um, it's almost, it's, like, midsummer energy yeah, a When it's bit. not playing God Only Knows, it's, like, got this, like, eerie, like, instrumental, like, almost horror-esque, like, atmospheric music playing that makes you know that something's not quite right. Yeah, everything's a little bit amiss, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, even when you see the cool overhead shot of the A24 logo being formed by a sheep on the pasture, it's pretty dope. I'm curious about that because A24 is only distributed in this film in the United States. Yeah, so they didn't shoot that for the movie. No. I think A24 like designed that separately. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's pretty dope. Do you think those are digital sheep or real sheep? I don't think they taught sheep how to wrangle into the A24 logo, but if they did, <laughs> just for a I want to meet those sheep. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so that's one interpretation of the movie, but what about the interpretation that it's straight up all real? Like, like, they literally raise, like, a lamb that becomes, like, hybrid no, no, human. No. So, the reason the marriage is, like, broken is because the dad fucked a lamb, and now and they, they have, have an a animal hybrid lamb baby. hybrid baby. That would be pretty gnarly. Honestly, <laughs> any direction this movie goes, I just already, with the visuals, I'm, like, into it. Like, I will have a great time watching this movie, and I will think it's super cool. I've kind of learned that this is, like, the vibe from, like, these A24 movies that I always come out, like, loving and wanting to talk to everybody about. Like, if there's a movie, like, this just screams, similar to The Green Knight, a movie that will come out and get, like, really great positive acclaim from critics and it'll be at, like, 90 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and the critics and, like, people on film Twitter, Twitter will, like, love it and post screen caps of it and, like, herald a lot about it. And then, like, the general, like, Google slash IMD re- IMDb reviews from, like, the general or public will be like, this is the boringest fucking movie I've ever seen. I wanted to fall asleep or I walked out of the theater 10 minutes into it. Like if a movie gets great critical acclaim and the general public wanted to walk out during it, I will love it. Like that, just know that that is the vibe of movie that I'm into. Like it was the same fucking thing for the green Knight. So I think this is like, just got some cool, weird Icelandic like folk energy that I'm just like into. Yeah. I could hate it. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to hate it. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up that, like, I totally forgot this movie was coming out because I saw the trailer with it. Like, probably the last time I saw this trailer was The Green Knight before we watched it for this episode. And I'm glad you brought it back up and said you wanted to talk about it because I think it looks exciting and I'm here for it. Yeah. And I forgot it was coming out so soon. I know. It comes out very soon and I'm, I'm excited to see it, but I definitely think it'll be um, a little bit divisive for uh, audiences. Yeah. Um, well, just like uh, Midsommar was too, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think anything that's got this like weird sort of like twisted energy, like it like the images look cute and folksy, but there's all obviously something sinister to it. 
Um, it's not in English, like, it's subtitled, like, mm-hmm. there's lots of things working against it for audiences to, like, not be super into it, you know? But I think once you get over those little barriers, you can experience some really cool f- filmmaking, and even just as an appreciation for, like, the art of the cinematography or the performances. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot to, to probably appreciate and unpack about this movie, and we just get a little taste of those in the trailer, and I'm excited to see it when the theater releases, or when the film releases. Yeah, me too. And uh, I liked the Beach Boys. Me too. That's my favorite Beach Boy song. I think we've agreed upon this earlier uh, in an earlier conversation that that is, I think, objectively the best Beach Boy song. Yeah. What else are you going to say? Surf and Safari? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving on from Iceland to England. This next movie is called The Last Duel, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. I think they're actually in France. Really? I think so. Well, I read that on the Wikipedia page. It looks like England. But this movie comes out on October 15th, and it stars Jodie Comer and Adam Driver and uh, Ben Affleck. Jean de and Jacques Legree. Well, yeah, if those are their names, I'm guessing they are, uh, they are French. Okay, moving from Iceland to Franceland. Don't worry, they speak English with American accents the whole time in the movie. <laughs> yes, no subtitles necessary, unlike Lamb. Um, but this movie tells the story of uh, what is this, France's Last Duel or something? It's um, based on a true story about this woman who comes forward with claims of sexual uh, harassment and abuse from another knight, I guess, while she's already married to Matt Damon, and the knight that is accused is Adam Driver. So obviously, uh, to fight for her honor, they have to have a duel, and there's some kind of thing where Ben Affleck is there, and he's like, if you're lying... We're going to burn you. And she goes, well, I'm not lying and I'm not going to change my story because it's the truth. And she's standing up for what she thinks is right by calling out this uh, horrible thing that happened to her by this man. And it just looks really interesting. Ridley Scott's back and he's got great directionals. It looks like he's using a lot of natural light in this film, which is exciting. Yeah, um, Jodie Comer, fresh off Free Guy. Um, into the last duel. It's an interesting venture here, but I she the performance that I see in the trailer it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So and I'm I think she's a it. great actress, especially in Killing Eve, and I think this is just another notch in her belt, like on her way to egotting, honestly. And I'm excited. This brings back uh, Damon and Affleck as writers as a writing team. First time since uh, what was that movie called? Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. I was like, how do you like getting them apples? I was like, that's not the name of the movie, but it also brings in another writer. Uh, her name is Nicole Holcerner, is that right? Holofcener. Holofcener. Uh, and it, I read that the men wrote the like part of the movie that was like from the male perspective, and then Nicole wrote from the female perspective, which I think is really interesting and will bring a new dynamic to a Damon Affleck script. Totally. And yeah. uh, it's exciting to see Ridley Scott try to go back to this kind of film uh i think the last time he was like doing something like this was gladiator and this is very different yeah i mean he did the robin hood with russell crowe which is like medieval action Mm -hmm. kind of um but i definitely think this will get into like like the dual fight choreography i can already tell is very reminiscent of like stuff that he did with gladiator Mm -hmm. um but i'm also intrigued by just like the cool like dialogue and like almost like courtroom scenes like it's like Mm -hmm. ridley scott doing like a legal drama and like and a medieval action. action, like, together. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of dope. And, okay, I don't know who decided this, 
but Matt Damon has the worst hair and beard oh in this God. film. I think they're trying to be like period accurate hairstyles and he looks makeup hideous. and stuff, but they look atrocious. Adam Driver still looks scrumptious, as always. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> ben Affleck's not really in the trailer that much. I don't know what he's going on. But the tone of this movie overall looks somber and serious and taking the subject matter very uh, seriously. And I'm excited to see what Ridley Scott and Jodie Comer create with this Damon Affleck's group. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm super stoked for it. Um, I think everybody in this film, you can tell by the trailer and also just their past work has proved themselves to be very dynamic um, actors. And I think that it's, this is going to be carried very greatly by those performances uh, accompanied with Ridley Scott's dynamic directorial vision for this mm-hmm. film as well. Yeah. Um, there's not much more to say about this film because the trailer is very vague and we only have one trailer. So if you haven't seen the trailer and we're not giving you enough to go off of, please watch the trailer. Yeah. I, I wonder what they'll do. Cause obviously like we know the men go to duel, like that's part of it. I wonder if they'll set it up where like, does a film culminate in the duel or it feels like this is a movie that could go with like a multiple timeline, like not mm-hmm. multiple timeline, but like bounce back and forth to like the duel happening and also to the events that precede the duel and to the courtroom. Do we scene. know what, do do events of this film occur after the duel? I don't know. Like mm-hmm. the timeline I'm, of this, I'm not sure of how this goes. About. It also is a little confusing because it's like there's a duel happening, but also a courtroom scene happening. So it's like, is the verdict going to be decided by the courts or by the duel? Yeah, you know what has more precedent and what has more power in this time period and this uh, uh, location, France. Yeah, it feels like a. I mean, I don't know, and I I'm not spoiling it because I don't know the true story and I haven't seen the movie yet. But it feels like it could be setting up some sort of like almost Gift of the Magi-esque like ending where it's like she proves her innocence in court at the same time as like her husband is killed in the duel. Mm. And it's like she has a victory of like getting like proving that she was correct. But the battle like in battle, her husband like lost Mm. that side of the argument. So like interesting or the person that committed the crime against her is free because he won the duel. But she proved her innocence in this other way, like setting something up like that a little bit. I could see them doing. Something I was like that. seeing more of it's like a it's a tragedy kind of thing, like you were saying. But like, the duel happens first, and Adam Driver is killed, and then they have the court case, and, and she loses. And she loses, yeah. so she's burned. And Matt yeah. Damon's just there, like so she fought. He fought for her honor, but for but for what? Because yeah. she's gone. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Or maybe it's a happy ending. Yeah. Maybe or Adam Driver. I, I thought it could home. be like the courtroom scene culminates in Matt Damon calling for the duel to take place. You know, oh, maybe could be he a comes pre- in. Like a preceding event type of thing. And he goes, objection, I'm calling a duel. Yeah. Like and they go, what? On the floor or whatever. And but, then they go to duel town. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited for Also, it. like, yeah, apparently this is the story of the last legally sanctioned duel to take place in France, which like... Great, they got out of the way in the 1400s, and here we were having fucking Burr and Hamilton shooting each other in the 1800s. It's how you get Tonys, Tyler. <laughs> if Burr and Hamilton had never dueled, Lin-Manuel would never have gotten his Tonys. It's true. Actually, what is... maybe he would have gotten them for In the Heights. I don't even know. No, I'm no. I'm sure that show won Tonys. I don't know. It would be a whole different timeline. Would Lin-Manuel even write musicals? <laughs> If he, I'm pretty sure he was only inspired by Hamilton Like after he got into writing musicals. I don't think that defined his true. career. But maybe if the duel never happened, Hamilton lives and Lin-Manuel is if never born. If the duel born. never happened, Hamilton becomes president, destroys the United States. We don't even have a country anymore. 
the last duel like, never comes out. Known? Because Matt Damon and Matt Ben Affleck like, never meet. Yeah. Wow. So honestly, what we're trying to say is thank you, Aaron Burr. Thank you, Aaron Burr. Because now we God get the bless. last duel. Absolutely. Obvi- there's a clear correlation. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, we've mentioned a little bit about Ridley Scott's uh, dynamic filmography. Um, talking about. Well, I never said. Done before. We've talked about how this film looks exciting, but I forgot well, to mention the other. Gladiator, film. Oh, I didn't say like Gladiator. A very successful, but usually, film. and then I mentioned Robin Hood, which is like a not very successful. Yes. But usually, movie. when we say like this film is directed by so and so, and then we say their movies, I forgot that part. But oh, I just assumed Ridley Scott was prolific. It's like Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator, The Martian. Recent oh, things like The Martian, Golden Globe he's also winner, directing House of Gucci coming out. Also, this fall, I think, mm-hmm. comes out in November. Starring Morbius from um, Venom. Yes, that's correct. Um, so, I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to bring back a classic game that I enjoy quite uh, quite a lot, which is having you guess the movie by the YouTube comment that's under its trailer. Oh, gosh. And so, what I did is I looked at the trailers for a bunch of Ridley Scott movies on YouTube. A lot of them aren't on there because they're like older movies. Mm-hmm. But I looked at some of the ones that are on YouTube. Okay. Um, and I found a YouTube comment. Um, listen under that video that might give away, might not give away okay. what the movie's about. And so I'm going to read you the comment and your job is to tell me so wait, which Ridley Scott movie this comment appears are on. Are at least all the comments like correlated to the movie? Like it's nothing like you went and found the alien trailer and underneath it it said stop the mask mandate or something like no, that? No, yeah, no. Like it's all in reference to the trailer itself. Okay, okay. It's just some of it to like varying degrees. You know, because I feel like the people that want to stop the mask mandate, they'll just tell you anywhere they are. They'll put it wherever, yeah. yeah. It was hard enough to find a lot of these had very, like, a lot of these had very outwardly, like, they were very explicitly about the movie. I had to find some that were, like, mm. not as outwardly, like, obvious, you know? Like so a, it was a little bit of a hunt sometimes. I'm really excited to see Russell Crowe play Robin Hood. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, the ones for, I'll, I'll get to it later. Okay. We'll talk about it um, offline. Ooh. To use a corporate buzzword. Ooh, buzzwords. <laughs> um, so yeah, I read the comment. You tell me what movie it is. Simple enough. And okay. I'm pretty sure you know all of these movies and that all these movies were directed by Ridley Scott. So there okay. shouldn't be an issue of confusion there. Okay. All right. The first comment is, yes, only two years until Flying Cars and Replicants. Can't wait. Oh, uh, Blade Runner. Yes, this is Replicants. a comment under... The trailer for Blade Runner. If I had taken out the word replicants, do you think you could have still gotten it? I might have tried Alien because it's another sci-fi film. Do they have flying cars and Alien? Maybe. Mm, not in... No. They don't really show it. It's a spaceship, yeah, right? Yeah, you're in yeah. space. Um, and then like when you do go to like, a Like planet, it wouldn't tell you. There's like Alien 3, but that's not a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. But there's no cars in that movie. It's, it takes yeah. place in a prison. The reason that this comment is saying only two years to flying cars and replicants is it's outwardly stated in Blade Runner that Blade Runner takes place in the year 2019. Oh. So this is a comment that was posted in the year 2017 oh. saying like only two years until this is our reality kind of thing. I still haven't seen either Blade Runner. It's, it's a, They're so good, Ryan. Oh I my know. God. Okay, whatever. It's a blind spot and I need to fix it. All right. Comment number two. The movie was meh. But this is legit one of the best movie trailers ever made, especially the great sound design. I know this doesn't give away too much, hmm. but this guy said it was one of the best trailers ever made. I figured because you are an expert in movie trailers because yes. of this podcast, you should know which Ridley Scott movie has an absolutely fantastic trailer. 
I do have to agree. This trailer is pretty excellent. You know, I think, thinking about the Ridley Scott filmography, I think Alien has a really great trailer. You're correct. Alien does have a great trailer. Unfortunately, this is a comment under the trailer for Prometheus, which oh. also has a fantastic trailer. I was close. Yeah. yeah. It's the Alien prequel. Yeah, you're close. Yeah. I mean, it's incorrect, but you were close. Yeah. It's a great trailer. I kind of like Prometheus, actually. I like hot take. Yeah. You know? Alien. People were dividing on it. A lot of people in the comments also said they loved the movie. I thought it was interesting that this guy was saying the movie was meh, but the Well, a lot of people fantastic. don't like that movie. I am still waiting for the sequel to Alien Covenant, but Ridley Scott's over here playing with Gucci. Yeah, because I think that he was trying to do like a trilogy of prequels to lead up to Alien. Alien Prometheus Covenant and Covenant is honestly and I don't really think he good. Came through with the third one, so maybe it's still out there in the future. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The cool thing about Alien Covenant is that Ridley Scott decides he doesn't care about the aliens anymore, and he's just going to make an android movie again and he just plays with michael fassbender and another michael fassbender android i love it all right here's comment number three so good of the cameraman to stay and document all of this hmm so we're thinking maybe it's like a more realistic film maybe even like a documentary type thing well in the martian there's like found footage film but that's because he's recording his own stuff, so there's not really a cameraman. He's doing it himself. But no, I'm still going to go Martian. The Martian. It is the Martian. Okay. You have to think, who, where would the cameraman have to stay? Because the, there's this, all those crazy storms. obviously cracking a joke that the cameraman had to stay behind on Mars with... Who's in that movie? Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Yeah, with Matt Damon to film the events of the Martian. Even though, silly goose, they didn't actually film the movie on Mars. Everybody they just did it in that. like the desert. Yeah, really. Duh. Come on. All right. Here is comment number four. You're doing well. Okay. Two for three so far. I'm Let's excited. I live for Jared Leto saying it's chic. Jared Leto? Is it House of Gucci? It's the, the trailer for House, House of Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> this is the uh, comment under the trailer for the upcoming Ridley Scott film, wow. House of Gucci. Jared I was trying Leto to think like, what Jared Leto chic. film has... like. Ridley Scott done I'm like I only know House of Gucci and he's saying it's chic because it's about fashion exactly Ridley Scott loves fashion apparently I think Ridley Scott just like exclusively wore Gucci on the film set that was half the budget (laughs) (laughs) all right Ryan comment number five the scene on that deserted road is him running away from Kevin Spacey a Kevin Spacey film what films Oh gosh. You might have to look a little harder on this one. It's not just okay. a movie that has Cousin Spacey in it. It's Oh, okay. A step removed from that. A step removed from Oh. Anthony Rapp? Is he running away? Is it are we going there? Um I mean kind of. <laughs> um Anthony Rapp. Rent. Really Scott did not direct rent. That's he incorrect. <laughs> Um, Empty Road. Is it? Okay, I don't know. Thelma and Louise has an Empty Road. No, it's not Thelma and Louise. The, what you had to get to, Ryan, was... The, the correct answer is All the Money in the World. Because this oh. movie originally starred Kevin Spacey. Okay, And yes. he had to be replaced by Christopher Plummer right, after the allegations regarding... Like, came yeah. out from Anthony uh-huh. Rapp. And so this YouTube commenter was, you know, making light of the situation, saying the scene in the trailer... Yes, yes. ...is of the character running away from... 
not the character Kevin Spacey played, but Kevin Spacey himself. No, okay, I understand now. That's a good comment. Nice one, YouTube commenter. <laughs> Unnamed YouTube commenter. Thank you. So, all right, Ryan, you made it to question six. What do I have? You have three, three? correct answers. Oh, this is your chance to, to bump it above 50%. 50 if you get it wrong, it's an F. I'm sorry. And I don't get to continue co-hosting this podcast. You might have to walk straight out that door. Okay, let's see what happens. All right. This YouTube comment simply says, Joaquin, heart emoji. Joaquin? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, Gladiator. It is Gladiator. You made it there. Woo-hoo! I don't have to leave. I like that it was just Joaquin heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a good actor, but he's not like a good character in that movie. Like, wh- yeah. why well, are you... Honestly, he's not even that handsome in that movie. Like, he's way more attractive in other movies he's in. That's true. Why are you lusting over Walking Phoenix in Gladiator? It makes no sense And also, he wasn't like that huge of an actor at the time, no. either. No, yeah. Well, it depends on when the comment was made. The comment was definitely made. A lot of these were like retro, like recent comments mm-hmm. on retro trailers. Well, maybe they saw Joker... And they, go, and they mm. go back and they're like, I have to watch everything this man's ever yes. done. That's a hot piece of ass. He's so hot, he's got to get in the fridge. <laughs> I got to see him get in the cathedral. Oh my or God. no, the Coliseum. Coliseum, that's right. Well, good job, Ryan. Hey, we both got four out of six Woo-hoo! in our games. Well High done. High five. High four out of six. And... <laughs> Doesn't make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and I just touched our four fingertips together. Not the thumbs. It was slightly intimate. Um, all right, that about wraps it up for today's episode of Preview Review. Ryan, I had a great time recording this podcast with I had you, a especially blast. that part where we touched our fingertips together. Ooh, we're doing it again. Um, <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, though, Ryan, I do have to ask of the trailers we talked about today, which did you like the most, and which of the movies we talked about today are you most excited to see when it comes out? Hmm. Honestly, we watched the newest Halloween Kills trailer just now before. I hadn't seen that trailer before, and I thought it was a really good trailer. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to say Halloween Kills is my favorite trailer, but I'm most excited to see The Last Duel. Hmm. I can respect that. Y'all already know my votes. They both go to Halloween Kills. It's a fantastic trailer, and I'm so excited to see this movie. Um, I cannot wait to see what they do with the next installment of the Halloween uh, reboot quills, I guess. Saga. We talked about uh, before. Yes. So I'm surprised, honestly, because you were speaking so highly of Lamb. I'm, I'm hyped for Lamb. That's like a close second. But mm-hmm. the trailer for Halloween Kills, I think, you know, Lamb is like an unknown. Am mm-hmm. I interested? Is my interest peaked? Do I really want to see it so I know what it's about? Yes. But Halloween Kills, like, it sparks something inside of me that I, like, mm. have always loved that franchise. Yes. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. So, well, David Gordon Green, congrats. Come get your yeah, preview. Come get that prize. Uh, no, not preview it's not yet. A, it's it's not just a... an episode award. Okay, it's a preview review, like, sticker. We don't have those. No, but no, no, no. Sure. It's like the little tiny stickers you give to like children. Oh, like a gold star. Like yes. you did it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Not like not actual like merch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not like those like nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, matte stickers it, you put it, on a laptop. It. No, we don't I have those. Um, if someone wants who to design knows? those, he could get a preview. Week. Maybe I'll nominate Halloween Kills for Best Picture next year. <laughs> we'll see Honestly, what happens. I'd love it if you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that, that's all for us this time. Uh, thanks for having us in your ear holes. Mm. If you don't already, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. That's all us. we'll let you know on there when the next episode is out. We'll also let you know when this episode comes out. If you're listening to Probably. us. Probably. We would have already let you know if you're listening to this. Some people might listen to our episodes without seeing the post on social media, but I don't know. 
But maybe the people, like your neighbors, if they can hear me, I'll let you know on Instagram when this episode comes out. And they've already sure. heard this Anybody episode. Anybody listening to our FBI agents. Oh, shoot. There's Michael Myers oh, hiding behind a cabinet. Oh, He's been here the whole time. Michael, no. Don't ah, kill me before I get to see your movie. You're dead. Are you Michael Myers? No. I was just saying you're dead because I oh. saw him kill you. And now I'm going at a slow jog away from Michael because he can't catch me because he only walks. Ha ha ha.